Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Each week when you join me, Podcast One, you're going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Come on this journey with me. And welcome back to Creating Confidence. I appreciate you joining me so much so today. So to give you some behind the scenes, today in real world is actually Friday, just a couple days before you're actually going to hear this show. I'm recording it today because there is a Category 4 hurricane headed towards Florida, which is where I live. And it is this really surreal time. So, so interesting with weather and um, challenges in different parts of the country. Other people have no idea. Apparently, media is not covering this very much in different parts of the country. As you know, I'm heading to Boston. I'm speaking at Hypergrowth on Tuesday. So my flight was scheduled for Monday. Monday morning. And actually, three days ago, I started seeing the alerts of this weather system developing. And I've been through hurricanes before. I actually write about uh, Irma in my book. And one thing I know is this. I don't like seeing through hurricanes. It For me, I'm so scared. My car windows have been blown out. My balcony glass was blown out one incident. You know, there's been so much destruction with hurricanes and you just never know how severe it's going to be or sometimes it's not severe and you know crisis averted but for me I've just decided ever since I moved to Florida no more I'm not staying so uh, three days ago I reached out to my ex-husband and I said hey uh it looks like this thing's progressing possibly coming to Florida I'm gonna go ahead and book flights now I just want to make sure it's okay that I take Dylan and book a flight for him and he said no I I have Dylan because you were planning to go to Boston to speak so you know don't worry I think you're overreacting it's gonna be fine and in many situations, I would agree. I am definitely the one to overreact and go ahead and just, you know, buy plane tickets and take off because I would rather put myself out of harm's way and my son. And so I said, okay, you know, it is his dates that he had my son and, and that is his decision. And of course I know his dad will keep him safe. Okay. So I bought myself a plane ticket for Saturday. I bought myself a plane ticket for Sunday because I didn't want to leave Dylan until the last minute possible. And I had that flight for Monday. Well, fast forward a couple of days, and yesterday it was clear this thing was hitting Florida. And I went to buy Dylan a plane ticket without asking just to have the ticket, and I couldn't get one for Saturday, so I bought him one for Sunday, and I figured... I'll play it by ear and we'll figure out what happens. Well, overnight, this thing has gotten so much more severe. And my ex-husband called this morning and said, 
you know, I made a mistake. I need to get my kids out of here. He has two other kids and, and he's remarried. And he said, and obviously Dylan's coming with us. I'm either renting a car and driving to the other side of the state or, you know, there's no flights left. Every flight out to get out of Florida is gone and has been now for the past 24 hours. And he said, you know, I'm calling in favors, trying to find someone who has a private plane that I could use. So this poor guy was panicking. I'm panicking because now my I don't want to leave without my son. And good news is he got a phone call and one of his clients is letting him use his private plane. And, and my son, thankfully, is getting out with his father first thing tomorrow morning. So I'm going to head out tomorrow at um, noon on a flight to Boston. So it's crazy. You just never know what lays ahead of you. And putting yourself first, taking action and moving quickly will always be that right answer. There are so many people today that want to leave and they don't know how to get out of here because driving out of here is going to be very difficult when you don't know where the hurricane is actually going to hit. So I just liken this back to I'd rather be safe than sorry. I'd rather spend a couple hundred extra dollars on a plane ticket I might not use. I can always find a way to make more money, but just that peace of mind. I just can't wait till we're, my son's out of the state and I'm out of the state and praying for everyone who's left behind. And also it's a, it's a surreal experience when you have to pack up your house and take all your most significant belongings. And it's one of those moments that you think, oh my gosh, I complain all the time about my condo, but I live on the water in the most beautiful place. And I started crying today, just thinking, gosh, what if all the windows are blown out and, and everything here is ruined and you know, what you took for granted is gone. And it's just one of those reflection moments that I want to share with everyone, no matter what it is that you struggle with, get annoyed with, also see the beauty and what you can be grateful for. Today, I'm thinking about all the amazing pictures of my son and all the memories here. And it's just, it's surreal to imagine how quickly life can be changed when destruction hits. And I was also reminded by that today when a good friend of mine who I hadn't heard from in a while sent me a text saying, I'm sorry, I haven't been around. One of my dear friends died unexpectedly and I've really, you know, been in a bad spot. And it's just life can change in an instant. So being grateful for the people in your life that you love, spending time with them, doing the things that you love, you know, that's what matters. I just, I'm really reflecting so much today about if everything is gone, you know, after this weekend, what is it that I want to do? What would I do? I'd make sure I have my son. I would make sure I would be with my friends and the people that support me and care about me. And I would take action and figure out a plan. And I would trust my intuition. I would believe in myself. I would ask for help if I needed it. You know, all these things that I've learned in the past few years and, and I'll be okay. And I feel really solid in that sense of self and sense of who I am and the wonderful people I have in my life. Now, as you also know, so uh, with all this going on, this is so chaotic and crazy. It's just insane. But so I'm going to Boston. Ultimately, I was going to interview Jesse Itzler and his wife, Sarah Blakely and Jen Rubio from Away. So all this is happening. And up until the past few days, I had been getting a little nervous. I've been on so many calls with Sarah Blakely's team and you know, they're very precise in how they do things. This is not their first rodeo, obviously. And so this is different for me because I, usually when I interview people, 
they either just show up or, you know, you might get a note from their PR team. But this has been really intense and a lot of calls and meetings and back and forth. So I'm learning as I go. I'm definitely in a new space with this and uh, really hopeful that things go amazing. I keep running through how it's going to be amazing in my mind and foreseeing it as a fantastic event. And now there's just some changes and glitches happening because of this hurricane. However, I'm grateful I'm going to be able to get there and be safe. I'm grateful my son will be safe. So as I always do, I really immerse myself in Sarah Blakely's life by watching every interview I can on YouTube, in print, on podcasts, so that I feel comfortable like I almost know her when I meet her. And I really try to do my homework on people. I did the same with Jen Rubio. Obviously, Jesse Itzler, you've listened to the episode with him. I already know him, so I feel really comfortable around him and his story. So going into this week is going to be really exciting, but I definitely have shifted my thoughts. You know, I was consumed with what am I going to wear and what will she wear? And today I'm just throwing my things in a bag to get out of here. So things changed pretty quickly. And I've got great friends I'm going to stay with in Boston. So that part I'm really grateful for, looking forward to. And one of my really great friends, uh, Scott McGregor, who's the guy that really put this whole opportunity together for me, he's coming with his wife and I'm going to be able to get together with them in Boston. And I haven't seen them in months. And so there's a lot of great things happening along with some, you know, challenging things. And I'm trying to focus on those things that I'm really excited about and grateful for. And in some ways, it's sort of taking the edge off the pressure that I was putting on myself that this event has to go so well. And, you know, I'm realizing that while I'm on that stage, the state of Florida is going to be going through a hurricane. And and I'm just so grateful that I'm not going to be sitting inside of a home praying my windows don't smash in. So just perspective shift is huge and really trying to put this to work for the better and learn from from this whole situation. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to be going there. And if you're coming as a hypergrowth Boston, I'm so excited to see you. It's going to be an amazing, amazing event. So really looking forward to this week, even with all the chaos going on. And I'm praying for Florida and, and everyone in this state and, and what they're facing and, and um, hoping for the best and hoping things are not nearly as bad as what they're telling us it looks like it could be right now. So with that being said, I mean, that's talk about buzzkill. Oh my gosh, I got to turn this around for you. Uh, Hoping that you have other things that you can focus on, that you can be grateful for, that you can create that vision for your future and what you're looking forward to. I'm really trying to lock into that, trying to immerse myself in this work and this vision that I have for the week ahead. And I hope that you can do the same. Of course, I can't leave you without moving into our guest that you're really going to love. And I'm so excited for you to hear from. But first, wanted to give you a special offer because that's what I like to do. I like to give my peeps some deals. So did you know that the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products? What is that all about? I can't believe it. Lola offers complete transparency around the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. Major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients, which is kind of scary. Rayon and polyester? 
Uh, Lolo makes your month a little bit easier. The subscription is fully customizable, so you can choose your mix of products, mix of number of boxes, delivery. Lolo subscription is flexible. You can change, skip, cancel, subscribe at any time. They just make it easy. It's founded by women and for women. And I'm telling you, I love how convenient this is. Who wants to be darting out to the store at night, last minute, panicked when you have a trip, aka right now with the hurricane coming? It's so nice just to have, you know, your products delivered to your home the way that you want it, customized the way that works for you. Why can't everything be this easy? I mean, frankly, we need it to be easier. I'm all for things that can make my life easier. And, and Lola does that as well as being transparent with you with their products and offering an amazing product. So Lola's making it happen for me. I am a big fan of Lola. So I've got to give you a deal, of course. Uh, for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter Confidence40 when you subscribe. I'm going to say it again, 40% off all subscriptions. Visit mylola.com and enter confidence40 when you subscribe. That's your deal. Of course, I got you on that one. And hang tight because you are really going to love my next guest. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love. And welcome back. I am blown away by my next guest, and you will be too for various reasons. Katie Sowers is in her fourth season in the NFL and first as an offensive assistant with the 49ers after spending the 17th season with the team as a seasonal offensive assistant. She originally joined San Fran in June of 17 as part of the 49ers 2017 Bill Walsh Minority Fellowship, where she worked with the team's wide receivers. In 2016, Sowers spent the, the offseason in training camp in the same capacity with the Atlanta Falcons. With the Falcons, she worked closely with Atlanta assistant head coach, wide receivers coach Raheem Morris in organizing, conducting, and concluding practice drills. Following her time on the field as a coach, she spent nine months as a scouting intern with the Falcons. Mike Drop, the only female coach in the freaking NFL. Thank Actually you for wrong. being here. Well, there's two, but you're the only active one. Correct. Oh. No, no, actually, that's wrong now, too. All right, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just... That just happened. Bruce Arians. Two. Yep. Two. Two. Coaches. Well, yep, a strength conditioning coach and then a defense, an assistant defensive line coach. Wow. So that was huge. This is huge. Huge. This is unbelievable. So... I, can you please give all of us some background on who you are, where you came from, and how you reached this amazing level of success? Yeah, so I grew up in a town with two stoplights, you know, big city girl, I like to claim to be not, <laughs> uh, but grew up in the middle of Kansas and just have always loved sports. I, my twin sister and I would, we would play football just like any other young girl growing up would want to do go into the backyard and put pads on and just hit each other as hard as we can you yeah. both wanted to do that absolutely well wow. uh, my dad was a college basketball coach so we were around sports from an early age and my you know they were both in both my parents were in 
the teaching profession. So I always kind of knew it was a path for me, coaching and, and teaching, and always knew football was the number one love of my life from, from day one, but never thought a girl could play. So kind of well, had a journey. Let me jump in and ask you a question on that because I was a tomboy as a young girl and played sports. But oftentimes when I was a kid and I had my hair real short and you know I was in, so into sports, probably similar to you and not to that level, but people would say to me, Heather, you're dressed wrong. You shouldn't wear your hair like that. Or they'd already critique me when I was a little kid. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... I was lucky to have parents that loved me just the way that I was. My twin sister was the same way. And I remember when we were young, my aunt actually made purses for us. And we were like, purses are for girls. And we threw them down. We didn't want anything to do with that. And it was just, you know, we loved what we loved. And we never questioned it. My parents never questioned it. It was just who we were. That is the foundation, in my opinion, for real authentic confidence is when you're surrounded by people that elevate you and embrace you for you no matter what that you looks like or what anyone else says that's where you start to grow massive confidence absolutely i mean if you think about it if you think about somebody shooting a free throw and you hand them a basketball everyone around them is like it's okay if you miss they're going to feel a lot more confident to shoot that ball than if you hand them a ball and you say if you miss this and this is going to happen, this is what's wrong, you know, with, with the world. And when you think of it that way, a support system only adds confidence. And when you, when you can have that support system that loves you unconditionally, that's what it's all about. But that's the thing. So many people have a support system that isn't loving unconditionally or don't know they're aware of it, but they're putting their limiting beliefs on you. And thank goodness that didn't happen for you. I, uh, I mean, does McDonald's still have Happy Meals where you ask if it's a boy or a girl? I don't know. Because, I mean, if you think about that, that one question, they think they can define your child's happiness by their gender. And that's profound. I had never even thought of that. But from such a young age, no matter where you mm-hmm. go, you're already being dropped in one bucket. Yeah. And actually, my and, and so many people just think that that's natural. That's just the way it is. But actually, my my niece, when she was three years old, I didn't know that we were ra- – I say we were raising her because pretty much my twin sister and I don't have kids, but my older sister has three, so they're all kind of our kids. Uh, <laughs> so we help raise them. But all she saw growing up was my twin sister and I playing football. Never thought a thing of it. And one day we were driving by this football field, and we looked over, and there were these little boys playing football. And we said something to Clara about the little boys playing football. And she looked at us, and she said, boys don't play football. <laughs> And we had to stop, and we were like, oh, my gosh. But this is, you know, this is a girl that doesn't like football. She loves ballet. She loves everything that would be stereotypical girl. Uh, But she believed that football was a girl's game because that's all she saw. And so we don't know the things that we are putting into our kids' heads every single day from day one. It's so true. And just being conscious of that, we can help to be a little bit more open-minded on purpose. Absolutely. Uh, and that's important. I need to think about that myself, raising a 12-year-old boy. He actually says to me one day, Kitty, you'll think this is funny. He said, Mom, why is it that you 
always want to champion girls, but not boys. Does that mean girls are better than boys? Because that's how, what he's being exposed to. And then I had that mic drop moment. No, honey, not at all. We're all equal. Yeah. However, girls haven't been told they're equal for so long that we need to have that conversation. Right. And sometimes the little boys that are looking up to, you know, women in, in my position as a coach, we're actually changing their lives sometimes more than we even think about because they're looking up and, and it's normal for a girl to teach a boy. It's normal for a woman to lead men. And they're seeing that as young boys. And I think that's crucial. It's crucial in creating long-lasting change and cultural change, which is what I think we're all after. Yes. Okay, so you're a young girl growing up thinking it's totally normal to play football and to knock your sister around. What happens next? So I still remember the day that I was out playing football with the boys. This was probably late middle school, maybe sixth, seventh grade, and getting hit by one of the boys. And, you know, for so long, I had dominated these games. I mean, literally, I'm not even being biased. I dominated. I had this this form of tackling where I'd grab their shirt, spin them around, throw them down. I mean, we had some boys that wanted to be refs after games just to save face. You know what I mean? So we it was, it was a hardcore game. But I still remember the day when I got hit by one of the boys and it clicked in my mind that these guys are just bigger than me, stronger than me. And I didn't really think a thing of it. Um, and I realized that I had to find another sport. Because you were reaching an age, they were just yeah. outweighing us, out taller than us and stronger than you, yeah. that you could actually get really hurt. Yeah, and girls didn't have, I mean, they still don't have a platform, you know, within high school. Utah is making some gains of, of having an all-girls tackle football league. But, you know, in terms of growing up at the foundation, there's no opportunity to have a separate game. It's always the only option is playing with the boys, and that wasn't an option for me. And so I found basketball. I played tons of different sports throughout high school and college. Uh, but basketball was kind of my main sport. And so during all this time, what are you thinking as a young person? Because I know we all think, what am I going to grow up and be? And where do I see this going? What were you thinking back then? I always knew I wanted to be a coach. That was, I, I remember, I mean, my dad was a, a collegiate basketball coach. He never had an opportunity to play football. I'm sure he would have been great if he, if he did, because I, I'm biased. But, uh, and I think he's a stud. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I never, I never knew that that football would be for me because I just never saw anyone do it before. I never saw a woman right. play. I never, it was, you know, it wasn't until I saw, I, I found a tackle football league after college, started playing, and then I saw Becky Hammond coaching in the NBA. And that is when it clicked. And this was before any females were ever interns. And I was coaching eighth grade football at the time. And I remember posting a picture on my Instagram that said, NFL, I'm coming for you. And it was me standing on the sidelines coaching my little eighth grade so football bossy. team. And, but in my, like, it, literally in my mind, I knew it was going to happen. And it was such a weird feeling because people that I would I would joke around with, like, yeah, you're going to see me in the NFL, and they'd laugh thinking I was kidding, and yeah. I was totally serious. So do you call that manifesting, or do you just call that owning your truth and putting it out to the world? I, I totally believe that when you have a mindset where you can see your path and you believe that it can happen, you'll find, you'll see the opportunities that open the doors. I don't think opportunities just happen by luck. I think oftentimes we just miss opportunities because we're so 
stuck on what we can't do. And our heads down just looking yep. at the grind, that everyday grind, instead of seeing the potential. What was that opportunity for you that you saw? You know, it was actually uh, mistakes in scheduling. It was mis- it was being turned down from a job. It was It was some of those things that actually catapulted me forward. And, you know, a lot of those things that many would call failures or rejection or I see that as part of my path, part of my story. And I, and I see that as a common theme in people who find success is when they don't see things as obstacles or, you know, things that, that hurt them. They see them as just as part of your story, part of your path. And did you see it that way at the time or are you just reflecting on it? You know, it was it was one of those things that not right away. Uh, when I was in college, I wanted to start co- my coaching career. I was, you know, going to see if I could be a volunteer coach for my basketball team. I was in my victory lap, is what I like to call it, my fifth year. And, you know, it was a, a school where even professors at that time, they couldn't be out and gay or they would be fired. And what so uh, 2000 and nine 2008 wow. so only 10 years ago yeah uh and it just recently a few years ago changed but uh you know i wanted i was doing a victory lap i was done with my my eligibility playing basketball and i thought i've been a captain all these years why would why would there be any issue with me being a volunteer and i was brought into the office and i was told because of my sexuality because of my lifestyle they didn't want me around the team anymore you know, That's they had prospective parents that were uh, worried that their daughter might, I guess, turn catch the gay maybe right, or something. Right, that it's I, contagious. Yeah, it's contagious or something. Literally, though, people believe that. They believe that. Yeah. And uh, so I felt like that was kind of a point where I thought I had it figured out, but I really didn't. And that's why I'm a strong believer in sometimes a door won't open, but it just might not be your door. But in that moment, were you devastated? Did you go home and lock yourself in a room crying? I, you know, right after I called my mom and I kind of, she's the most loving, generous person. And she just said, it's okay. It's okay. You know, every, you'll be fine. You'll find something else. And then we hung up the phone and then she called me back literally like three minutes later and she was crying and she's like, that's not okay. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular and it is just so easy all because I use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to did we just hit a million order stage shopify is there to help you grow whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized I can do this. I can go to work for myself. Thanks to Shopify. 
What I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash monahan all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monahan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monahan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything. If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, cbdistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com. Dot com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. I'm, it doesn't sound yeah. fair, right? It's not, this is who I'm just living my life. And you're yeah. telling me that that's, that's not going to work mm-hmm. for you. So just mo- keep moving. That's, that feels not fair. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have found women's tackle football. It was that moment that I had to find something else. And that's when I went online and found a team that was about an hour and 15 minutes away from me. So I started playing for the West Michigan Mayhem and fell in love with football all over again. And, you know, maybe it's due to my rejection. I, I see it as that because I feel like that's what catapults me forward. You use that adversity to push you forward and motivate you instead of yeah. allowing it to deter you. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see any reason why I should feel sorry for myself. I, I, I have no hard feelings. I truly believe hate and judgment will not cure ignorance. And when we try to fight ignorance with hate and judgment, we're just doing exactly what we don't want to do. I, I, I truly believe that the best way of getting the word out there is just being forgiving, trying to seek first to understand where they're coming from. And that's the best, that's what's going to change people at the foundation. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And that is a straight up fact. The problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers are these hodgepodge business systems. They have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory management, and so on and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess. takes up way too much time, too many resources, and that hurts your bottom line. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control that you need to grow. 
With NetSuite, you save time, money, unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, accounting, orders, and HR instantly, right from your desktop or even from your phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Do business wherever you are. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. It's at netsuite.com slash Monahan. That's M-O-N-A-H-A-N. That's netsuite.com slash Monahan to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. netsuite.com slash Monahan. Know your numbers. I can only imagine given your high profile and your uniqueness and the newness of this for the world or whatever you're going to call it or label it, you've got to have haters coming for you. Oh, yeah. I When I first started, I made the mistake of going online and looking. The, the When I was an intern with the Falcons, they posted a picture of me uh, with one of the guys, and I made the mistake of reading the comments. As we all know, social media can be very nasty. nasty. It's horrible. Uh, go Taylor Swift for that new song that she just came out with, which is great. But shout out to Taylor. Uh, but, you know, I saw a bunch of things like go back to the kitchen. How do you how can you coach when you've never played? And I was like, first of all, go back and do your research because I have played, you know, and and that was the problem is that I was going and reading all these things that made this group of people that was actually not, I had probably nine out of 10 people that would support me, but it felt like the whole world was against me when I was reading those comments. And what I made the deliberate decision to do was just not listen to it at all uh, because good, bad, indifferent, whatever. If you're on a high because of the, the good comments, you're going to be on a low because of the bad ones. And so I've stopped reading everything altogether. That's a Gary Vee-ism that he taught me when he was on the show is that if we're going to allow for the, the excitement from the positive, and, and you're just telling yourself that you're going to let in that negative and it's going to crush yep. you. I pers- I love positive <laughs> feedback. Like That's just who I am as a person. And so it's so hard to learn. It makes sense, though, that if you're willing to allow yourself to go up here due to an outside force, you're going to be allowing yourself to go down, too. And it's taking practice to try to say, I'm not going to let this affect me positively or negatively. It's yeah. tough. And I think I have probably a little bit easier of an exit than you do. I mean, this is everything that you do is, is out there. I coach on a football field and that's what I can, you know, just bury my head in is my work there. I can't believe you see it like that because to me, I see you're on one of these largest platforms <laughs> in the You're like out there for the entire world to see because you're on this NFL ticket. I mean, that is the game, the show. But that's the the real world and separate from what we perceive as the world on social media. Right. And I've kind of shut that part out. So when you look at your entire life and your career and you think back, when was the moment that you're – because right now from what you're telling me, I don't hear a lot of issues with your confidence because you had such a solid foundation. But there's got to be some time during this whole journey that you did feel your least confident. When is that? Oh, I, I would say, so I'm a twin, I'm a twin, identical. And if anyone is a twin, they know that you spend your whole life being compared. 
especially identical twins, it's, oh, she has a bigger nose. Oh, she's a little taller. Oh, she's better at basketball. She, so annoying. And, so, that, and that's siblings in general, but it's amplified, I'm sure. Amplified. And so I spent actually my whole high school career in my twin sister's shadow. She, you know, when we, when we got to high school, when we were freshmen, she was playing varsity and I wasn't. And she ended up popping up to varsity in volleyball and I didn't. And the one thing I had was the javelin. I was better than her in the javelin. <laughs> and sure enough, we both made it to state somehow. She never practiced this twin sister of mine that stole obviously all the athletic ability. And the one thing I had, you know, she decides to beat me and in state senior year. And Ouch. It was, she actually cried. I cried. This is like Serena My parents and cried. Yeah. Because we, we knew the impact that it had. And it, you, you really were feeling low in that moment. I was. But at the same time, I think that's what also helped me in a way to build confidence as I felt the lack of confidence. Because as I went through that, it really made me search within myself to see what it is that what is it that builds confidence? What is it that I'm good at that, that, you know, I don't need to compare myself to my twin sister to feel good about myself. And it took me a while and it, it just, I guess, took time, took maturity. It took a lot of time just looking back at my life and, and kind of seeing what's really important. And that in a way, even though it was my least confident time I think it built my confidence that's so interesting and I I totally agree with you those low moments and those hits mentally when you take them allow you to say okay I'm at ground zero right now how can I bring myself back and what I've learned is I don't want to come back here so what how can I behave differently I actually I probably already shared this um, with everyone listening but I I used to compare myself to plenty of different women and you know whether it be an author or a podcast host or whatever and I'll never forget I went on this woman's show Alina Cardone she's very high profile in South Florida and when I got home I was googling her because that's my routine I want to compare myself and how does their site look better than mine and you know are they skinnier than me in the pictures or whatever craziness I'm going through in that minute and I saw, this is the first time, this is very recent, and I saw, this woman's charging $50,000 a speech. And instead of getting so pissed off that I'm not, I said, I'm raising my rates right now. I'm going to use this woman as inspiration to me what's possible. And that's my new thing, is that when I look at someone and I say, oh, they're making more money than me, or they have that, or this, or, and I don't, I, instead now I'm saying, all right, hang on a minute, I'm going to flip that to, here's what the potential is for me. And Absolutely. That's, that's exciting, and you're doing that I can't even imagine how many flipping women you're doing that for. Well, that reminds me of uh, I'm not a nature scientist or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, people can hate on me if this is wrong. But from what I've heard, someone told me that in the forest, trees grow taller to fight for sunlight. So the taller trees that are around them, it just makes the other ones grow taller. And that's kind of what you are alluding to. That's and a great analogy. continue just to, to make each other better. If we choose to do it if that way. If we choose to and not compete against each other, and which I, I feel like I see a lot of uh, in terms of women w- trying to get – because it's, it's almost like, oh, well, they already have a woman on staff. There's no more room for anyone else. 
Because, and it's, I'll tell you, it's the same way in corporate America because I was at the C-suite level of corporate America and there was two women on the executive team and 10 men and it felt like someone had to get squeezed out. I mean, this cat over here was the one that got squeezed out, but I'll tell you, it does feel like we've already got the token woman or there's, and then honestly, most of the time it's the other woman that doesn't want you there. Yeah. And that that's why I'm a, I'll get a lot of questions. Katie, are you going to be the first head coach in the NFL that's a female? And my response is, I'd love to be a head coach in the NFL. If I'm the first, okay. If if I strive to be the first, then I'm saying, wait for me. Don't hire any other woman. Wait for me. And I'm competing. I'm all of a sudden competing against everyone else. If I'm not the first, I'm happy because that means that there was progress made. That's such a great perspective instead of plotting those people on and saying, instead of saying, no, hang on, I actually want that title. Listen, you're already making all the right lists that are out there. You don't need that title as far (laughs) as I'm concerned. You know I'm so jealous about that. Uh, So, all right, so along this journey, how did you actually break into the NFL for the first time and what was that leap like? Yeah, so like I, I said before, in terms of I see mistakes, I see things that don't typically happen as opportunities for me. So I I was coaching football. I was playing football. I was also getting involved in coaching sixth grade, what I thought was going to be sixth grade girls basketball at this school. I just needed some extra money. And it was all set up. I was was set to coach the sixth grade team. And they called me and they said there was a mix-up in scheduling. We're so sorry. We set you up with the fifth graders by accident. Is that okay? I said, that's fine. And what happened was I, a girl on my team, her father was Scott Pioli, who was a former general manager for the Kansas City Chiefs. Then he, he was in between jobs, but going to be the assistant general manager for the Falcons, which is he became a good friend, a good mentor, and he has a passion for really getting diversity in the NFL. And he saw what he felt like I had to offer, and he became just that, that go-to person in terms of getting to know the culture of the NFL and, and getting me experience in the game and, and ultimately going to Atlanta. That's amazing because, and I talk a lot about this all just in general, without mentors, without those people to help us guide and navigate, they know where the landmines are. We don't. We haven't been down that road yet. They see them plain as day and they can help direct us and they can think bigger than us when we aren't necessarily thinking from their perspective yet. Yeah, absolutely. I always say you don't know what you don't know. And I love that saying because you don't know what to look for when you don't know what to look. I mean, it sounds silly. You don't know what to look for when you're when you don't know what to look for. Of course. And uh, that that's something that's so critical because then when you get to know the the culture and you look back, you're like that seemed so obvious. But when you don't know it, it's not obvious. And to have somebody as a mentor, especially someone who is different than you, like for me, this was a white male that was my mentor. Having someone that almost It doesn't seem like they're affected by the issues, even though we all are affected. But when you have that mentor that just sees things from a different perspective, it makes it even more powerful. That's why I always say men need to support women. Black, white people need to support black people. Straight people need to support gay people. It's a mix of everybody just supporting everybody and uh, becoming passionate about things more than just what affect us. That's so true. It's I, I can't I can't agree with you more. So he really was the vehicle that allowed you to see that opportunity to move to the NFL and helped you to to connect those dots. 
when you start the first day in the NFL, were you freaking out so scared? No, not at all. <laughs> because I believe you. That's what's so crazy. Yeah, I, I wasn't. And I, and I get asked that a lot. And, and to be honest, to me, it was just another day. I did question, how are these guys going to react to me? Of course. And what I found from my very first interaction was so much love and welcoming from these these guys that at the end of the day they're true professionals they know at any time their job could be replaced and you know it's interesting because I always get asked do these guys listen to you do they respect you and and it's become a normal question but then one day I was in Kansas City watching ballet at the professional ballet center and uh the director was a man in what would typically be what we consider more female dominated, even though there are a lot of men involved. And I, and I thought to myself, how odd would it be to go up to him and ask, do the women respect you being a man in this field? We would never think, we would never think to ask that, but we're so ready to ask if the men respect me. Uh, but you know, you, you, you answer it every single time because it's expected. And, but it's, it just shows the culture and the mindset that still needs to change. Oh, it's huge. But to me, I have to, again, I just can relate from the business standpoint. I did have people coming up as a woman in leadership that tried to really hit me hard publicly to see, to test you, to see how you're going to respond and, and to really put you on the ropes. And it, I don't want to say it's intimidating because I knew to expect it. Mm-hmm. I had already seen it with other women and, and saw why other women weren't succeeding or getting that next promotion. And I saw, or at least I was clear in my mind, I had to be really tough as nails to let people know they couldn't get close to me and that I'm not going to cry or, you know, whatever these crazy stereotypes are, even to the point where I went over the top the other way where I was ice man. man. There was no, you know, fun personality because I didn't want people to get close to me. I was scared of that. Did you ever have one of those moments? I've always kind of gone against what's typical, so I've never felt the need to balance anything out. But I have felt, and it's nothing that anyone has done specifically, but this whole mindset that as a woman, you have to prove that you know something and, you know, but as a man, it's assumed that you know it's until so you prove that you don't. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not something that I think people even know that they're doing. But right when I walk in the door, if a man with my same title walked in, it would already be assumed that he knows. But for me, as a woman, it's assumed that I don't because, you know, what's considered a man's game. So that never intimidated you? No. That is just, it's unbelievable. I completely applaud that you're able to do that. What about then, you're moving forward now, you're with Atlanta, and you decide, is that the point when you decide to come out publicly? No, so I, I had been out, and when I, when that whole thing happened where it was, it, it kind of blew up as the first ever out coach in the NFL, I never knew it would, would actually come out like that. Uh, I I was doing an article, and they asked if it was okay that they mentioned that I had a girlfriend. I said that was fine. And then, boom, next day, first open coach in the NFL. Uh, it was pretty crazy, but... I almost said it was, you know, now I never have to tell anyone I'm gay anymore because it's like, you know, (laughs) I already thought I was there, but then, you know, here I am again, coming out again. Uh, But 
it was interesting how that happened because that was just me being me. I've been I've been me for been out, I guess I should say, for since college. You know, and and that was just me answering a question, and that's what it turned into. Yeah, completely innocently, not thinking yeah. there was no strategic motivation behind yeah. it. What about um, the what about your team and and t- you know the teammates or people saying, "Hey, we're here with you. Like we got mm-hmm. you on this." Yeah, I had a lot of guys that actually intentionally stopped by my office after that came out and just said, "Hey, I read your article. I just want you to know how cool that is." I had people who said, "You know, oh, my brother's gay," or "Oh, I have a cousin that's gay," and and it was kind of cool because we had all of a sudden we had even more similarities. They had they felt closer to me. They felt uh, like they you know they had something personal they could share with me, and I found nothing but support with those guys. It, it was it was pretty cool. That is so amazing to me, and it, it is it makes you so relatable when you share that aspect and you're vulnerable. To you, wasn't vulnerable. It's who you are, but to the rest of the world, it shows vulnerability, which in my opinion is true power, true strength. And then people feel like they do want to share with you. Hey, I, ha- you know, I'm in a similar situation. That connection and relatability is so meaningful. I completely agree. That's why I truly believe a, a great coach, a great teacher, is vulnerable, but is is also just, I guess, screams integrity. That that's crucial. And and I I see integrity and vulnerability together. And the more that we display that, the more trust you gain from players, the better leader you can be, and the more buy-in you get. And so leaving Atlanta and going to San Fran, are you seeing different nuances in culture, different dynamics, and how does that affect you? I, I'm with the same coaching staff for the most part. You know, I, I came with Kyle and and a bunch of those guys that were there in Atlanta, but I love San Francisco as a city. It's so progressive. It's, you know, so the area is definitely very, very progressive. But in terms of the culture of the team, if you ask any of our coaches, they would all say they don't even think about the fact that I'm a female. They just see me as one of them. And it, and and I always like to, to make sure people know me being female is just one of my differences. But every single coach is different. Every single coach has a different background, has, has something different about their story Being female is just one of mine. Are you tired of the stress and chaos of live launching? Who isn't, right? But if you've tried going evergreen, you know that's not the solution either. Hello, low conversions. So what's the answer? The Circuit Sales System is designed to make sales for you every single day while giving your audience all the excitement of live launching without you ever having to live launch again. What would increasing your current yearly revenue by 40 times look like for you? Okay, nobody's making any income guarantees here, but that's exactly what Nikki did for her business when she developed her circuit sales system. The circuit sales system is the automated system that combines the best of both live launching and evergreen with none of the worst. Think high conversions and high predictability without the chaos or risk. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalesystem.com slash confidence. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalesystem.com slash confidence. 
That's so well said. I love that because it's just one other check on a box. I mean, yeah. that's really all all that it is. Okay, so where is it now that you're looking to grow? I see you through social media doing a lot of work to get your message out there and empower others and shine a light on equality and diversity. Is that your focus and passion now in ad- addition to coaching? I would say, yeah, I, I have a, a – obviously football, that's that's my passion. I My job is to make sure that these – guys are the best that they can be every single Sunday, Monday or Thursday that we play. And that is my number one uh, goal right now. But then obviously with that, the platform that I've, that I've stepped onto is so important with the role of, of opening doors for others. And so that because of my passion for coaching football has become another just, you know, part of my journey, part of my story. And I've, I've completely embraced it. And it, it wasn't something I expected, but I, I've become extremely passionate about making sure that, that there's change in the world. Are you getting some really amazing messages, private messages on social media? Yeah, I get a lot of uh, vulnerable messages. Which, Sharing their challenges? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I've had uh, I've had actually a, a former NFL coach tell me that he he was no longer coaching in the NFL, but he told me that he was gay and that he knew he was gay, but he never could come out about it, and he was still struggling to come out. But he confided that within me. I mean, it was something that was – it was so incredible, and it helped me to realize the impact that I'm making because I wanted to thank him because although he couldn't feel – he didn't feel like he could come out, he was – truly making progress and whether you know it was the right way the wrong way we we can't tell someone when they can and can't come out but I thanked him and you know I've had a fan that that told me that they were in in the closet quote-unquote and that they were worried that the players wouldn't sign their autographs anymore you know I've, I've had some stuff like that and it's 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 crazy to think that we are still so worried that other people are going to judge us. The reality is other people are always going to judge us regardless. Uh, but but it's important to know that we can be who we want to be uh, and be supported fully. You know, when you shared that really powerful story about this pr- prior NFL coach and, and not having come out and, you know, and what if, you know, he would have. Well, when you think about that now, don't you think he would have even been a stronger, better coach had he really stepped into his truth during the time if that would have been, you know, available to him? I think he would have absolutely. I think we still have a long way to go in not just football in every aspect in terms of this fear of in a way femininity. I think that which is, you know, a lot of people say I'm a lesbian, so I have more masculine traits in a way. I feel like everything about football is kind of, I guess, a way of how we view life, if you think about it, in terms of, you know, oh, you hit like a girl. Oh, you you throw like a girl. Everything that is associated with being feminine, being passive, being, you know, being a man is being assertive, being aggressive. All those traits, that's what you seek in football. And I think that's what we tell people that we want to seek in life. And, but that's what we tell our traits of men. 
And so it's it's important to recognize that's what we assume being feminine is and that's what we assume being masculine is. You even said it to begin with when we first started talking about everything that you were doing to try to act more like a man. Like a man. Yes. But it was everything that was powerful. It was everything that was, you know, aggressive. It was not being vulnerable. It was not and it it shows you just the the stereotype that we have being a man, being a woman, being able to lead, not being able to lead. Uh, it's it's quite an interesting culture that we have here. <laughs> it's great, though, that these conversations are finally able to be had and that people are committed like you and passionate to having them. I mean, you're freeing up a lot of your personal time right now to get out and share this message to affect our community at large. Yeah. I, I you know, it's something that I've always been passionate about but didn't know it and found obviously my passion later. There was one time I was walking through a store with my, my ex fiance had a daughter and I was walking through aisles with her and told her she could pick out any toy she wanted. And we were going down what you consider the, you know, that had a lot of pink in it. So, but she couldn't find anything. And we got to like the cool Lego section. She's like, Oh, we can't go down there. That's the boy section. So I said, okay. And we, we literally walked around the whole store. And then I said, Aaliyah, do you want to go back to this aisle? And finally she gave in and she found the toy that she was looking for. And if you think about life in terms of those aisles, think how many opportunities we're limiting for our children because of the stereotypes that we've created when in reality they could just they could find what they're passionate about if we just open the door to the opportunities. And one of the greatest gifts we could ever give someone is allow them to find and step into their passion. For my entire career, I didn't work anywhere near my passion. I did something because I was good at it and chasing a paycheck, which was great at the time in my limited vision. But when you're willing to open your mind to other opportunity, when you don't see how it's going to get there, like you didn't know you were going to go to the NFL and be an NFL coach immediately. You know, it wasn't that clear. It was about those challenges along the way. But you have to be willing to to take that chance and 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 see. But the passion thing to me is so big because I never thought you could make a career out of your passion. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's, I think people often think that that's kind of the dream world. Right. That, it, I was one of those people. But it doesn't have to be. And, and oftentimes it's not that everybody's going to go out and be a professional athlete or everyone's going to go out and be an actor or whatever. It's, Finding your passion in what you're doing. If you go out and you mow lawns and that's what you see it as is mowing lawns, then you're probably not going to be passionate about it. But if you say that I'm going to go mow the lawn in this park because this is going to create a better quality for the kids that play in the park, for the, for the families that come and spend time there, that's where you create passion. It's a mindset. You're doing the same job, but you find the passion in it. And if you can't, you better get out. Do you ever see people in football that aren't passionate about the job anymore? Absolutely. Yeah, I think you see it in every job. And I, th- I think oftentimes, again, we, we see these what we think of dream jobs, maybe because of money, maybe because of fame. And if that's the reason that you're seeking these jobs, you will not find happiness for long. It's so true. It's fleeting. Yep. So, Katie, people want to keep up with you. We want to see where you're going next, what's happening next. How can we find you? Instagram at Kate Sowers 5. Uh, you'll see I just got a Sphinx kitten. 
hairless kittens. So uh, I get a lot of hate about that. Cats Wait, can the be Austin hairless. Cat, the Austin yeah, Powers absolutely. Cat. Yes, I know it. Okay. It's just proving that uh, girls don't have to like pink. Boys don't have to like blue. And cats don't have to have hair. It's a thing. I love it. Throwing some serious knowledge on us. And that is a real deal. So well said. Thank you so much for being here, for shining your light and just showing the world that being who you are is everything. Thank you for having me. Good work. Oh my gosh, you're the best. All right, hang with me. I'll be right back. If you haven't heard yet, Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand completely free. Pluto TV never even asks you for a credit card. You don't need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Check it out. Okay, so speaking about football, I just read an article about Rob Gronkowski retiring from the Patriots and how, in his own words, he described he wasn't happy, he wasn't putting himself first, and he had to retire and leave in order to put himself first and take time for himself. And I started thinking, well, if Rob Gronkowski can retire from the NFL and leave the Pats to put himself first and do what's right for him, I think it's okay for me to go to the gym or me to get a sitter and go out with my girlfriends. And I think the same for you. Putting yourself first isn't taboo. It's what we need to do. So let's follow Grunk's reign here and say, okay, I am taking care of me and putting me first because that's going to turn things around, improve things in my life. And I want you to, to do that same for yourself. So I wanted to answer a few different questions and Surprisingly, I this is so not an ad. I just have to share the story with you. But um, I'm speaking at Hypergrowth, blah, blah, blah. Drift is the company that is putting on Hypergrowth. I had no idea what Drift was before I was speaking for them. Well, I checked out the company and I ended up putting a Drift bot on my website. You'll check it out if you go to heathermonahan.com and you'll see a little mini me head will come up and it'll say, hi, how can I help you? And what is so cool is Drift has this technology where when people go to my website, they see the little me head and they can type in, hey, Heather, I can't find the confidence tips or the free ebook or the accountability partner sign up. And I can respond to them in real time and say, oh, here's the link or how else can I help? It's so cool. And it's giving me another place where I can interact in real time with you and with everyone. And it's just, I really like it. So check it out. It's, you can actually put it on your website for free if you go to the uh, drift, uh, drift.com and sign up. You can have one of those little uh, bots on your um, site. And it's just, it allows for a lot of interaction, help and navigating the site, which is so cool. So I've been getting a lot of questions there. And surprisingly, I got three questions this week about getting fired and people that got fired and don't know what to do. First of all, my entire book, Confidence Creator, is, is based on what to do when you get fired. So get Confidence Creator. It's on Amazon. I have it on Audible, paperback, hardcover. I love that book. I've read so many amazing reviews from my listeners. So definitely check out my book. It will help you. 
However, there's a number of different things you can do. You know, number one, lower expectations on yourself. When you get fired or broken up with or jolted, that's not the time to say, where am I going to be in 10 years? And I need to save more money and I need to go on vacation here and have a better life. It's time to just say, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. I am living. And that is pretty freaking awesome. And just lower that expectation. Ask for what you need. That was a big thing for me. You know, I told people, I'm not in a good space. I need your help. I'm freaking out. I put it out on social media. I really allowed myself to be vulnerable, but I wanted to reach a lot of people and get help. And that was a big help for me. But you need to make your own decisions. But it is important to ask for help in a time like that. I broke things down to a 30-day plan. I felt like that was manageable. And what I realized was firing that villain from my life that thought she fired me. Hello, no, flip the script on that one. I fired her. It started allowing really positive people in my life to show up because I had been blocked by someone who's so negative and trying so hard to hold me back. I was eroding my confidence when I was at that company. When I fired her from my life, I started feeling better about myself. I stopped second-guessing every decision I made because I didn't have someone trying to tell me I was constantly wrong or ignoring me. And I began to feel stronger. And right then, amazing people started showing up into my life that I guess didn't have the space to come into it before. So really, you know, create that short list of who you need to fire that's negative in your life. Allow positive people to start showing up. Practice gratitude. I would write down three things I was grateful for every day. I would journal and put all my thoughts on paper so I could see how far I would come each week. I was feeling better, thinking differently. Breathing, I would just work on you know my breathing and, and meditating, working out because that's a huge outlet for me. You know, just really basic things. I, I wrote a note to myself, you know, to feel better, you could drink water, you could do deep breathing, you could go to the gym, you could hug your son, you could write down things you're grateful for. Really basic things because when you're in an overwhelming situation, just sort of like with a hurricane right now, taking it back to the basics really allows you to gain that perspective and feel much better. Here's the thing. When you don't know what's happening, know that anything is possible. And that could be amazing and that could be not so amazing, but we know it's not going to stay like that, whatever that may be. But for me, getting fired was horrible at first and devastating, but really over that first month, things started to change and evolve. And then I figured out I was going to write a book and then I figured out it was going to be about my lowest moments and how I created confidence from them. And then I figured out the name of my book. And then I figured out my cover. And then I figured out how to self-publish. All these things happen and unfolded over time. I didn't know I was going to become a professional speaker. That happened as a result of trying to promote my book. And now, actually, oh my gosh, I'm excited to share this with you. Tuesday, when I'm in Boston... I just signed on with APB Speakers and I got a meeting with their 20 agents and I've had the opportunity Monday, uh, Tuesday morning before I go to Hypergrowth, I'm going in to present to the agents and these are the things I didn't know were happening right back when I got fired that are now amazing to know I'm going to have the chance to meet these people that are going to be out pitching me on my behalf and driving revenue for me. You know, I always talk about the importance of that face-to-face meeting. I am signed with a number of different speaker bureaus, which I'm grateful for and very proud of. And I'm up on their websites. And if people see me on there, they can book me through them. However, 
it's really hard to get agents to want to pitch you if they don't have an emotional connection with you, right? So this is a real breakthrough moment for me that I know once I can go face-to-face with people, forget it. I'm not leaving there without some of my peeps in my back pocket. I'm going to connect with them. I am going to be so fired up and and bring my message and and the power of my energy and myself to this meeting. And so I'm really, I'm elated. And I want you to think about that too. Who could you go face to face with in your life, in your business that could really allow you to take off? Who knows what will happen, but I know not going, not showing up, not having that meeting, nothing's going to happen. So yeah, it's going to be a busy day and I got a lot going on. But this is a huge opportunity for me, and I'm showing up for it, and and I'm really excited for it. So again, none of these things did I know were going to happen back when I got fired. It was sort of about that unfolding of the process, taking action, listening to myself, and moving forward into fear because that was the biggest thing. That was the biggest holdback, the self-doubt and fear. How am I going to pay my bills? Where, you know, if I don't go back to another company and media. How will I make it work? This is the only thing I know how to do. And I was just limiting myself so much in those dark moments by fear. And the more I would step into the fear, the more opportunity would arise. And as you know, I've reframed fear now as a green light that just means go. It means I'm growing and I'm proud of me and I'm taking that next leap. And you know, as you've heard many times, if you don't take that leap, you're never going to know what it's like to fly. You're always going to stay held back. The days of me holding myself back are over and they ended the day I got fired. So you can see getting fired as a negative. I see it as being in good company and really being that jumpstart for me that I needed years ago. So I'm so grateful for that. Okay. Interesting question that came to me actually today. I have some friends that um, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. I know I, I share this with you often. And I made some friends there that I haven't met personally in life, but we've worked together on different projects or podcasts or whatever. And so a couple of my friends reached out to me and said, hey, we're launching a book. Heather, we need to speak to you because your PR is so strong, your speaking so strong, and we want to emulate it. And it was funny. We got on the phone together today, and these guys are in sales, just like my background is in sales. And I said, guys, listen, here's the thing. You need to hustle. You need to create a target list of the shows you want to be on, the influencers you want to work with, the podcasts you want to be on. You need to figure out why you and how do you fit. Like, what's the story with you with this podcast? Why would this person, why would it make sense for you to go on this podcast? Why you? What is it that you're going to deliver and bring for the audience that makes it a must-have to, you know, and I love giving away books, autographed books. I was expressing to them to come up with some type of a giveaway. You know, people like to work with others that want to give and bring value, not make it about me, 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 you know, so make it about them, make it about their audience. It's really sales 101. So we walked through some of those steps and then they were like, okay, how do you get on, you know, these speaker trails? And, and I explained to them, you know, when I first launched my book, I did not charge 
anyone a speaker fee. I just wanted the audience and I wanted to sell books. And what that, it was hard. And, you know, I, I forewent a lot of money in that first year was really scary because I did that. However, it gave me great footage for my reel right away. It gave me amazing testimonials and reviews and recommendations of my work. And we all need reviews and recommendations of our work. If you don't have any on your website right now, get them. Ask your clients, hey, can you give me some feedback and writing of what you think of working with me? You know, so it allowed me to compile a really strong speaker kit, a strong speaker reel, all these things that I didn't know I needed to have if I wanted to garner a fair amount of money for my keynote. And I didn't even know what that spectrum was. You know, what do people get paid? And come to find out, people get paid so much more than I even had realized. However, this is the journey continues. I'm learning more and more. I don't beat myself up because I didn't charge people back then or I started off charging people too little. Instead, I just learn from it and I'm really learning to be grateful for the mistakes I make and understanding and compassionate with myself that I'm doing a freaking amazing job. And I haven't always felt that way. I used to be in an environment where I wasn't told I was doing an amazing job and I questioned myself. But now I look back on those times and I see I was killing it. But now I'm feeling like I'm killing it, which is so much better. So, you know, step into that unknown journey and keep pushing. You might not do it all right, but you just keep going. And, and I explained to my friends today on the phone, you know, calling universities and starting to speak for them for free really opened some doors for me that I'm grateful for and eventually led me to where I am now. You know, a year later, this is now my number one revenue driver. This is definitely my focus here for, you know, the the short term and, and really how I spend my time is leaning into the speaking business. I love it. And I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about this week and, and these meetings that I have coming. So on the outside, I believe people think there's this one magic potion, like maybe I had this magic recipe. But when we were about to get off the call, these guys said, so Heather, basically it's all in the hustle, the pitching, the keep getting back up, you know, make mistakes, pivot, you know, don't give up and continue to follow up with people. Basically, it's the sales 101 when it comes to pushing your book and getting press and getting on shows and and getting landing speaking engagements. I said, yeah, that really is it. And what I've also learned is, you know, I wanted an agent so bad when I first was starting out um, in the speaking career. When I, you know, started understanding it all, I said, "Oh, I just need someone out there pitching me all the time." And someone said to me that was in the speaking business and years ahead of me, "Heather, this is so funny. Everyone wants that agent that's out pitching them everywhere and working so hard for them. However, agents are paid off commission, so agents gravitate towards the speakers that make the most money." And what's funny is the day that agents start calling you and want to represent you will be the day that you don't want their representation because you'll be so dialed in at that point, so well known and in such high demand that you're not going to want to have to commission anybody. You'll want to manage it internally. And it's such an interesting dynamic and phenomenon, but they were right. You know, the the better you get at this, the more you understand. You've built all the pieces, all the hard work. You've created the kit, the reel, the testimonials. You've traveled all around the country, and now you have the arsenal of the brands that you've worked with. And suddenly you're saying, why would I want to pay someone? So it's sort of uh, this, it's an interesting time for me to be understanding all of this and learning so much. 
And like you, you know, you just keep moving forward and and figure it out on the way because done is always better than perfect, as you know. And I'm so looking forward to this week, staying focused on all of the great that's to come. I'm hoping you focus on that too. And also praying for everyone in Florida. It's so crazy. You're going to be listening to this and literally the hurricane's going to be hitting. So I'm hopeful, hopeful everyone is safe. And um, and I'm grateful for you to be here with me. So thanks for hanging with me again. I can't wait. You're going to hear the report back from the APB meeting, from Hypergrowth, meeting Sarah Blakely, and so many other amazing things from this week. So can't wait to talk to you next week. I hope you have a fantastic week. And if you haven't, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review my show. It helps so much with the ranking on Apple, and I would appreciate it. Until next time, keep creating your confidence. See you soon. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference, and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.